hi, uh, welcome to Caterer.com Catch-Ups. I'm Paul Rogers and I'm the sales manager at Caterer.com. Um, today I'm pleased to be catching up with Phil Street of Momentum Recruitment. Um, about, about the industry so far, life under lockdown, um, plans going forward and how Phil is adapting. So Phil, if you could just give us a little introduction. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, very kind of you oh, to do pleasure. this. Uh, yeah, so I'm Phil Street. I'm the uh, co-founder and director of Momentum Hospitality Recruitment. Kind of does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, we are we were five years old just in February this year. Um, quite a, I suppose a roller coaster as any business would have up until that point. We had two good years, one wobbly year, two good years. Last year was our best year to date, um, and then a, a certain little sneaky virus came along and wiped out all of our good work <laughs> yeah so 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 what have you what so what since since march what have you been what have you been doing in the business and how have you reacted to to the to the virus yeah well i think like everybody uh, i mean it, it just fell off a cliff didn't it for for everyone and we were no different i mean i i was away for a week break in uh, Devon, literally the week before it all kicked off, the week before they um, announced lockdown. And actually, the week before that, I'd had two meetings in London with general managers of hotels who'd, who'd said that they could already feel you know, quite significant ripples um, in their business. So, I mean, you're just about to go on holiday, so I didn't really, I mean, I treated it seriously, but I wasn't so concerned. I went away on the, the Friday with 14 live recruitment assignments and came back a week on the following Monday uh, to two live assignments. And then on that day, I lost another one. And then later that week, I lost the final one. Uh, and then we were left with, with pretty much zero work. And when I say lost, of course, I, I don't mean somebody else was making the placement. Everything was just being put on hold, um, quite understandably, because I mean, uh, you know, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, I think I was maybe naively po positive at the beginning, um, just because I'd come back from a break. So I was quite focused and ready to, to take it on. And, and on day one, when, when we could feel that this was taking place, I just took a real sleeves up mentality. And I was like, okay, so this is just another problem that needs to be solved. So let's uh, just get stuck in and, and get on with it. Uh, quite excited by that, actually, because I, I, I don't mind a challenge. But um, it wasn't until the next day that I think I kind of woke up and felt, well, hang on a minute. I, you know, remember what you're dealing with here. This is something that's risking people's health. And you've not checked in with anybody you care about, you know, any, any clients or candidates that you care about. Um, so, and I spent some time on the Tuesday just ringing around family, ringing around friends, and just, you know, taking some FaceTime with people just to see how it's going. Because I think it was that po that moment that I, I realized that everybody's fighting a battle with this, um, not just you. And I, I think you can get really, really centered on your own little world and forget what, you know, the, the, the wider impact. So what have, what have you been doing to um, to kind of keep yourself in engage with your your clients and and obviously the candidates you've been looking to place or, yeah. or certainly over that March period? 
a, com a combination of a few different things. Initially, my brain switched, which switched off from business. It was not going to be about asking people for business. It wasn't going to be about chasing invoices. You know, all of that just got switched off kind of on day one, really, because you, you kind of realize the bigger picture. So you then start to, well, I certainly started to think, what can I do to help? Um, and so I, I think it was maybe day two or three, I just put some posts out uh, all over the place, just inviting people if they needed some CV help, because it was the first thing that I could think of that I could offer um, without, you know, too much kind of effort on my part, really understanding where, where our business sits in the great scheme of things. Um, got a good return from that, actually, just in terms of people engaging, um, engaged with people from all over the world on that. That wasn't, wasn't just a UK thing. Um, and you then began to realise, certainly I began to realise the magnitude of the problem is that the, the question, question marks that were in people's heads were you know, everywhere. It's not just the UK. Everybody was concerned about what does this mean for me? Um, and you know, do I have a job to go back to? At that point, the furlough scheme wasn't even something that was being discussed. Um, so yeah, it, that was the first thing that, that came to me. And, and, and I think before that, I'd already ha had the idea to start a podcast. Um, so I just spent a little bit of time getting that over the line really um and what, what does the podcast go into phil what is the podcast kind so, of um it's very simple it's uh, i'd love to say it's really high bro and high intelligence but it's it's really not it's um because yeah. that's not that's not me i'd um it's i'd for a long time i'd you know i, I recruit and so therefore i meet an awful lot of people and i think and maybe i'm wrong in this assumption but my feeling of hospitality as a as an industry to the wider world is that it's not not it didn't necessarily carry the greatest reputation as a as a career of choice so for a long time i've been wrestling with what can i do to you know lend my well insignificant weight to to that but um and i just thought I'd, i meet so many people and they've all got so the stories that people come up with when you're you're interviewing candidates i just thought there's just some really wonderful things. So let's start telling people stories. And so that, that was it. That was the concept of the podcast. It's nothing uh, more groundbreaking than that. So all I do is uh, meet with people from various walks. And I should say this is not just about founders and CEOs. I wanted to get a voice to kind of as wide a variety of, of people and roles as I, as I possibly can. Um, and so lockdown kind of just accelerated that uh, for me. I was aiming for an April launch anyway, but the difference was that I was going to re recruit somebody to take care of the technical side of things, the editing and, and all of that side of things. So with money drying up overnight, I decided that I'd just teach myself a little bit of sound editing and, and just get on with it, basically. And do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and how's that been going? Who, so, have you been engaging with people across all, all, all roles within hospitality? Any, any interesting chats come out of it? Ah, uh, they've they've all been interesting, and I don't mean that from a really fluffy uh, perspective. But uh, I think it just it cemented in my brain the objective that I had with this. Um, you know, I I've been lucky enough 
already to talk with Kate Nichols, I mean, who's obviously you're fairly prominent right now in all of the, the phenomenal work that she's doing. I had a chat with um, Dave McDowell from Brewdog, um, Robin Shepherd from Bespoke Hotels, uh, Cyrus Toddy Walla uh, is coming up soon. His episode will be aired in a couple of weeks. Um, and you know, and then I mean, these are kind of high-profile people, but mm -hmm. I've also had chats with people that you probably never heard of, because maybe they're on the the, the upward slope in in their career, um, just because their story is important too, uh, as far as I'm concerned. It's been Absolutely. really well received. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, absolutely, it's just good to hear this being well received from kind of all angles, and it, it's so good to get like the rounded view of everyone involved in hospitality, rather than just the key stakeholders, but everyone yeah. from the ground up. So this, um, yes, it's really, really good of you to have kind of done that, and um, and more to come, I expect. Yeah, and I, I didn't want this to be about COVID nineteen as well. I mean, it's natural that you kind of cover it off a little bit in the in the chat, but it's not the centric reason for the the chat. It's all about the person that I'm speaking to, their journey and anything kind of stupid and quirky or terrifying that's happened along the way, because it's the stories that I think people relate to. It was actually uh, Game of Thrones, of all things, that, that um, cemented this idea in my brain. Um, there's a, a speech towards the end where Tyrion Lannister talks about how powerful stories are. And I um, and I don't think I've given any spoilers with that, by the way, so uh, in case you haven't seen it. <laughs> um, and that really resonated with me because I'm definitely a, a stories kind of a guy. I love a good story. Um, and I think as well, because I've always been fascinated with autobiographies. So I, clearly I, I enjoy learning about people's stories and journeys. So then I thought, well, it's not really happening in hospitality and why not? Because there's mm. so much good stuff goes on. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, have you, have you got any key, key stories that you could share with us? Any what, sorry? Any kind of key stories that you could share with us? Any kind of that the jump out at you the, of, of certain people? Oh, there's, there's, there's too many. And actually, that's the, um, that's the overriding message, I, I suppose, from, from all of them. Whenever I ask anybody in, in one of the chats, um, you know, can you give me an example of a, of a funny story or something like that? The first response is usually, um, there's too many. I, you know, I can't think of one. Um, so you get some simple things like eggs exploding in people's faces to, you know, to, to people um, going well, well out of their comfort zone and realizing that they're, you know, they've got a high, high <clears throat> excuse me, a high profile event to do, uh, and they've forgotten you know, several ingredients to, to make this event kick off. And then that turns into a problem solving story. So something that, that yes. was terrifying to start with turns into a problem solving. And, and that's been, a, that's been a, I think, a, a surprising message. But I suppose now that I think about it, not that surprising is that there's an awful lot of problem solving goes on in this industry. Yes, and almost kind of, as you say, it's, it's not always known as problem solving because it's, it's problem solving quite quite quickly and constantly to, yeah. throughout even just, just in the day of the life of a hospitality uh, uh, employee or employer. Yeah. And look um, at the problems they've got to solve right now, eh? 
Yeah, absolutely. So kind of look, looking forward at the industry, have you have you been speaking to your clients about what their what their view on the rest of 2020 looks like? What the kind of the the, the kind of the reboot stage looks like? And uh, have you got anything to share? Yeah, I, the the funny thing about this is, well, it's not funny, but the uh, the strange thing about this is, is that it's one of those scenarios where you you line up a hundred different people and they'll give you a hundred different answers, but then you you add in week to week and that answer changes week to week because well, currently we're not dealing with all of the information that we need. We don't yet know when the date is, although there's some some positive rumblings that that day may be coming sooner than we than than maybe we all thought. Um, but we don't know what that's going to look like yet when they do release. And, you know, again, positive rumblings the last few days have been around the distancing moving from two metres to one metre, which would obviously make a massive difference, especially if you're a, a small restaurant or bar space. Um, you know, uh, it, it could be the difference between life and death. You then couple those challenges yet to be faced, which there's phenomenal work being done by people like Jonathan Downey and Robert Hudson and Luke mm -hmm. Johnson and, of course, Kate Nichols, where they're just really getting they're making people aware of the challenges that that people are, are facing in in the industry and you know the main one now i think is rent there's another quarter rent coming up at the end of june um and if something's not done about that then you know the, the thinking is is that, that that two million jobs could be lost in a day um you know because and i don't want to sound i'm eminently normally quite a positive guy but i think you also have to reflect a little bit of realism into the the situation as well and logic kind of just tells you what you need to know there's um i think just going back to the point that uh, there's a lot yet to figure out before we could contemplate uh, a, a series of circumstances that take us back to anywhere near that looks like normal from from before all of this yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, bearing all that in mind, kind of what are what are you what are you, what are you doing at Momentum to kind of um, how do you see the rest of 2020 planning out for you, um, and what are you doing to plan for that? Yeah, I'd, to be honest, at the moment I'm not really planning because I've kind of spent a lot of time planning and then had to tear it up. Um, <laughs> I'm, I am I'm quite happy to admit at the moment that I'm quite reactive. To, to the situation, I'm th thinking about the the future, and I, I think my 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 feeling is that finance will return quite quickly. Um, which uh, I mean, I'm, I'm touching wood when I say that 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 hopefully plays into to my um, uh, hands because that's where I kind of keep my my strongest network, but. Um, I can already feel a little sort of rumble on on some things moving there, but you know the it still doesn't mean that. I mean, I, I spoke to a client who will remain nameless. They're contemplating making their entire finance team redundant and centralising to a, a different space. Um, you know, and the other thing to contemplate in all of this is, is because people are getting used to working from home. There's probably an awful lot of jobs at the moment that are being analysed across every sector, not just hospitality, about, you know, especially in the support services, what 
the, you know, what do we need to retain in an office space? Um, and that's going to have a knock-on effect into the quantity of people who come into offices to work in London, just say, that's my nearest city. Um, and that obviously then that has a knock-on effect to the quantity of people who are going to the pub, who are going to restaurants, and so on and so forth. So I'm kind of, I'm looking forward kind of with, I'm fairly optimistic, but I think equally I, I feel like I'm in a quite a, a strong position perhaps than than most in the sense that we we did have a good year last year so we were able to kind of uh, retain um some reserves to help us get to the to the other side um of this but as to whether it's just really really difficult to say as to you know when mm -hmm. we can expect any kind of um uh, i suppose full frontal recruitment can i even say that that's probably not right but anyway um <laughs> I think I think that makes sense. I think that gives you, a, yeah, it kind of, um, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's the unknown of when businesses open up, what they will look like, what their staff structure will look like, and then when they come to recruiters to to recruit for them. Yeah, um, and I, I think just applying the the logical brain again to to the problem, to me, it it makes sense that it's inevitable, unfortunately, that there are going to be massive redundancies in this process. Um, across the industry, across all industries, um, and my thought process in that is is that that that's displacing quite a lot of people in the industry. So maybe when we do get back to a recruiting mentality, that um, we're not necessarily going to be quite as needed initially, other than for confidential things and for you know um, things where they're they're just kind of testing the water on stuff and and things like that. But um, I think there'll be so many people in the workforce that actually there'll be a mass scrabble to you know to to get a hold of this displaced talent. Um, yeah. And then at that point, that's when I would anticipate that we'll once that's kind of balanced itself out, uh, there'll be a lot uh, a lot of um, recruiters sharpening their elbows. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I th and I think as you said in in the meantime, it is about keeping engaged with your customers and your candidates um, to make sure yep. they're kind of on that on that journey with you and you're that first point of call. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I just think there'll also be... No, carry Sorry. on. There'll also be a, an awful lot of people who are taking this time to reflect on whether they're Absolutely. doing what, what they want to do um, and whether they're on the path that they, they want to. Maybe they're spending some time upskilling or um you know diversifying the skill set um a little bit there's there's lots and lots of things to address and balance yeah absolutely have you have you had conversations with candidates along those sorts of lines um no, actually, <laughs> in saying that no i mean i'm i haven't um yet spoken to somebody who's contemplating a a move out of the industry um i think there's there's also obviously obviously you kind of when you hit positions of adversity, the first thing that you do is look for the path of least resistance. And so a lot of initially people will be contemplating, I don't really know what else I can do other than what I've what's taken me to this point. And uh, you yes. know, I'm not gonna lie, I've had the I've had the conversations with myself over over this about 
are we going to get to the other side of this? Are we going? What's recruitment going to look like? Am I going to have a livelihood when all this is said and done? And you start to, my brain, certainly the way that it works. I mean, I, I have a hundred ideas a day anyway, but um, not all of them. Well, the majority of them are terrible. But um, <laughs> you, know, you then start exploring. And I always come back to that. This is what I know and love. So to contemplate doing something that takes me on a completely different trajectory is quite, it's quite a scary thought. But there will probably be a process where some people are just thinking about it and go, well, I didn't want to be here in, in the first place. I've just ended up here and I don't know how. Maybe I've been asleep in my career and just ended up to this point. So there's a lot of these people to, you know, who'll be readdressing the balance in their life to, to try and take them wherever it is that they, they feel they want to go. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. And I mean, just to kind of just kind of wrap it up, is there anything else you'd like to discuss or, or anything else you're doing uh, in your spare time, keeping yourself occupied under under these lockdown circumstances? Yeah, I, I've actually surprisingly turned into a morning person. I've never been a morning person. Um, and uh, I actually wrote a, an article on that very subject a couple of years ago. Um, and I've found, I mean, I, I'm really, really lucky. I, I worked from home anyway. My wife also works from home. So we've not had really a, to adapt to that. That's just been our normal in any case. Um, I've been yes. spending longer walking the dog, which has been really great for yeah. Headspace. Um, yeah. I started doing the, the Joe Wicks workouts for the kids because for a long time um, that was about the, the level of my capability. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I've just been trying to kind of ram it full of positive things, things that are good for mind yeah. and body. Um, I no longer watch the daily briefings from the government because I just think it's quite toxic. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a question of them saying the same things and then the media trying to you know smash them in the face. Um, and I just feel like it's time that we all kind of started making our own noise with this, not listening to the noise. Mm. Um, and obviously we're reliant on them for some things to move forward, but um, but at the same time, you know, you've got it, you, you can only control what you can control. So I control by switching the telly off um, whenever they're talking. Yeah, no, right, I, 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 I kind of uh, hear you there, Phil, and I kind of, I do the same. I was very gripped for the first week and then, uh, and yeah. Then, no, I thought I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd take my take it into my own hands and and, and kind of react and it kind of you've got to, you've got to take it upon yourself to create the positivity and the the, the forward you know looking forward at what what the market's going to do. Um, yeah. Well, Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Um, thanks for joining us Likewise. on the Patreon.com catch up, and um, no doubt we'll speak to you very soon. Good man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks very much. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, Phil. Cheers.